Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. Mark and I have a very special guest on our show today. We've got Mel Walker. Mel is a longtime youth worker, been in the game for 45 years. He's loving life as a part-time youth pastor now, co-founder of Vision for Youth, author, speaker, and we've got Mel on the show to talk about family ministry. And so uh, as we understand in the life of a first century Jew or even in the life of a Jewish home today, family is very important very involved in the worship of God together. And, and, you know, I think Mel's got some insight here. Um, Being a part-time youth pastor, he was kind of sharing in the pre-show a lot about what he's seen in families now. And maybe, you know, Mel, maybe that's changed over the last 45 years of youth ministry. Maybe you didn't see those things 40, 30 years ago. But can you kind of share with us kind of your insight on family ministry and how we can continue to grow as youth workers and becoming better at doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, my take on it might, might be a little different than, than the norm, but I, I think that there is a sense where family ministry, how, how churches do family ministry is, is often on a parallel track to youth ministry. I'm, I'm old enough, probably not old enough to have lived through everything, but the history of youth ministry kind of paralyzes, parallels that. Okay, early youth ministry, mm-hmm. like like back in the 1940s, the contemporary youth ministry as we know it today, the trend was reach kids for Christ. I mean, there yeah. were like Youth for Christ and, and Word of Life and Billy Graham got started and the huge rallies. And then out of that grew Young Life. And, and, there were, and that was the trend. And so when the mm-hmm. church got on board and youth ministry became an industry, the church started doing those things too. In fact, our our emphasis was we need to reach kids for Christ. Well, as yeah. happens, that often morphed. And many of us, I mean, people my age, maybe a little older, a little younger, came into youth ministry. And by that time, the trend had been, well, instead of like this huge desire to reach kids for Christ, it almost morphed until a trend to like, um, I'm going to minister to church kids. And so youth group and and the industry yeah. of youth ministry yeah. grew up, you know, like colleges, Christian colleges and seminaries started having sure. youth pastor majors and youth specialists got started yeah. and group yeah. and those and and ultimately vision for youth and so on. And and so the desire was to reach kids for Christ. And I know that mm-hmm. that that you guys, a friend of your show is Mark DeVries. And I think that Mark. Mm-hmm. Mark's uh, original book, Family Youth Ministry, was probably yeah, family yeah. youth ministry was probably a game changer because totally. as as I read it early on, and I'm like, hey, we're missing the mark, and that is we're missing mm-hmm. the mark by not helping parents and equipping parents, and so youth ministry yeah. changed, and it changed to where like my job as a youth pastor is communicate to parents, let parents know what I'm doing, help equip, help train. Okay. Again, I was a youth pastor. I just got started in the seventies and the eighties. Well, I was this young, 
youth pastor. Mm -hmm. My kids were babies, but I had a Sunday school class for parents of teenagers. And I could talk to them about youth yeah. culture and I could talk to them about what the youth group is doing and those kinds of things. But I, yeah, I didn't know anything about being a parent of a teenager or whatever, but I had a heart for sure. parents. Sure. Well, okay. Mark's book, Mark DeVries's book, family-based youth ministry. And it, and it really changed. And so a lot of times, a lot of what happened is youth pastors started to recruit older people to be, to be youth sponsors or youth leaders or whatever. And, and we became very, um, concerned about family ministry. Well, then a few years later, organizations like Orange and D6 yeah. to collaborate yep. with parents. And so that became yeah. the, that became a huge trend. And, I, and I'm a big fan, Reggie Joyner. And I mean, I'm a big fan of those kinds of things. But mm -hmm. I think culture is mm -hmm. changing uh, again. Yeah. And out of that, yeah. and I don't know what you guys see, but out of that, there's always extremes, right? With trends and the sure. extreme has been, okay, youth ministry has failed. Uh, young adults are dropping out of church. It's youth ministry's fault. It's, and so mm -hmm. it, we need to, uh, uh, you know, have, have more of a family-based youth ministry. And we, and parents are the primary disciples that are kids and all those kinds of things. So now it's almost like, like it, youth ministry is, is at fault. Except that again, mm. culture is changing yeah. right before our eyes, and and yes. around around the Rapidly. country especially, a lot of people are talking about family ministry, and the idea that families, parents, are the primary disciples of their kids, and and mm -hmm. and honestly, guys, I mean, the problem is is that's not the trend, and it's well, yeah, it, it's just not yeah. fundamentally true in no. any church yeah. I've worked for. I wish it was. But I haven't experienced many family systems where the parents were the primary disciplers of their no. kids. Guys, it's honestly, I've gone to a rule. lot. Of, yeah, a lot of youth pastor uh, seminars recently since COVID opened up. And, and mm -hmm. every youth pastor I talk to, every single one is frustrated, first of all, because kids aren't faithful to their program. Sure. And secondly, is because parents aren't encouraging the kids to be right. faithful to their programs. Barna, Barna says uh, regular churchgoers go every once, once a month, once a weekend, one weekend yeah. a month to church. And Pew says, Pew Research says it might even be less than that. Sports, wow. work. You're absolutely right. Everything comes before church. And yeah. so that's it's the last, like, it's like the last kid picked in gym class. And good analogy, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it's it's like, yeah. And then you're left with, okay, maybe I see this kid in our programming once a month, once every six yeah. weeks. Right. And I have this shot to right. you know, disciple this student. And yeah. yeah and, and so yeah, it sounds like I'm a I'm a doom and gloom guy, but but youth pastors yeah. are frustrated because yeah. kids don't come to my my program. Well, don't forget. Okay, I did a I did a webinar recently on Generation Alpha. That's mm -hmm. today's eleven year olds and and younger. Okay, so you realize that the parents of Generation Alpha, two to three years, they're going to be in our youth groups. They have their parents are millennials. Well, we yeah. all read the statistics wow. about how millennials are dropping out of church, right? Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like okay, man, it's it's. It's a terrible time to be in youth ministry. Now, I, I think it's time for the church to be the church. 
And I mm-hmm. think it's time, and I think maybe COVID taught us that, that the church mm-hmm. is uniquely positioned. And like, I, I have a real burden, like like Titus too, like to have older parents help younger parents and that we need to be, in, and, and so that comes back to my theory, and that is grandparents are uniquely positioned in this culture to have a positive relationship with kids and with parents, because that's what's going on in culture. Yeah. So what does that look like, you know, practically for your average everyday youth worker who's kind of just hit the cruise control? They're just kind of doing what's always been done. And they're recognizing that, like many of us have, that we just feel like we keep hitting a wall. We're not really getting any traction. We're not really going anywhere. We're not really maybe helping families as much as we want to. Yeah. What is the best approach? What well, what can what are some practical yeah. steps or things you know as you kind of survey the the changing culture the moving culture that a youth worker could do that could help them do family ministry better? Yeah, I, I think number one seriously is is aim old and aim young. I, I think I think by that I think one practical thing for every every young youth pastor, a youth worker that's out there is recruit older people in the church to get involved. And, and, yeah. and like right now, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the things that I, I, okay, where does that start? I think number one is get the oldest people in your church to pray for kids. It is amazing how God puts a burden on your heart. And I, I was in a church, I put this in, in, in two of the books that I wrote where the youth pastor took me to the senior citizen Sunday school class and the senior (laughs) citizens class had baseball cards of the kids in the youth group, digital pictures on the back was, uh, you know, Josh is a senior at Lincoln and he plays on the soccer team and he plays trombone in the band or whatever. And, and when I was there, the senior citizens class were like, I'll trade you two sophomores for a senior. You know I mean? It was, it was like nice. the cutest thing ever. Hey, and, but and, really, when when you say be the church, then you mean intergenerationally be family to one another rather than expecting family systems to disciple students. Yeah, be the family that disciples the kids in your church. That's exactly which is absolutely right. how the first yeah. century church and the first century world operated. You know, when you would go get married, you would just build onto your father's house and you would live in an insula where you were just building more houses with a center courtyard around it and doing more life together and sharing more life together. And, and yeah, that's, that's kind of what I hear you saying, Mel. That, that community, and that is, uh-huh. we're, we're all responsible. These are our kids, as in our church kids. And yeah. I think yes. more than ever that that the statistics, this just do demographics, the, the statistics Mm-hmm. Are are through the are through the roof, and that is how many hurting, non traditional, uh, dysfunctional families mm-hmm. are out there. If the yeah. church would be the church, yeah, and that is t- take a sense of ownership for the next generation and become that intergenerational. I'm a youth ministry guy; I believe in it, but I think that we need to morph with culture and and like you guys talk about, get back to the Bible, get back to the first century yes. methods. Well, because that's also what God wants us to do. It's so it's so great, and it actually makes it worth going to church and participating again to actually be family to one another. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think people are really craving 
two things. One, to be connected to something ancient and bigger than themselves. Amen. Like to have a purpose, and that's Jesus. And two, mm. to have a group that has your back no matter what in all the chaos the world is throwing us, and that's community. And we hop straight into our scriptures, and we read it as such a cliche when it says, brothers at the beginning of one of the letters or brothers and sisters in some translations and they really understand themselves as family and are committed to one another's behalf and committed to one another's discipleship in a way that we have to reclaim i think you're so Mm -hmm. right mel yeah mel i think you're hitting on something that to me is making a lot of sense as i you know think about youth ministry and the history of youth ministry that you kind of just shared and I mean, if we're looking at the history of the church, youth ministry, the past 50, 60 years has kind of been on the cuff of being one step ahead of the rest of the church when it comes to seeing the next and new change that needs right. to take place. Ooh, I like right? that, Heather. I do too. Yeah, here we are on, it, here we are, and COVID has kind of knocked us all off, off of our rocker and we're a bit mm-hmm. befuddled by it, but it's also revealing as you've been sharing, Mel, the need to bust down some walls and to really become the church, not the youth ministry, the younger, yeah. um, you know, adult ministry, the elderly ministry, the right. little kids ministry. We need to become the church, right? Is that, yeah. That's what I hear you saying. And that's what I hear you saying that family ministry really needs to look like is not necessarily a separate ministry, but a mentality that we're a family and we do life together. It's a balance, Heather. I think I'm a youth ministry guy. I believe in that. I get that, that Mm -hmm. kids ministry, kids can learn at their own level, but that has to be in balance. If all we do is silos, if all we do is segregate, then the kids are going to grow up. In our culture, we kick them out of youth group when they graduate from high school and tell them to go to big church and they won't because they don't know it. They don't know anybody. And and I'm I'm excited because I think like what what you guys are doing maybe like what Fuller Youth Institute with Carol Powell, and yeah. I think that there is a, a resurgence of interest. And one of the things that I'm really excited about about the future of youth ministry and family ministry is the in, the importance of intergenerational connections, yeah. and to yes. realize that you know Chap Clark who used to be at Fuller talked about that. Every kid needs five significant adults right, to be web. involved in their life, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and I love that. And, I, and I'm and I I just finished reading a book called Mentors for Life, and that is what why not have these older group of adults who are actively adopting, fostering kids, and say I'm going to claim you, and I'm going to be a part of your life. And and actually, I told you about my kids, my kids, Christy, Todd, and Travis. Yeah. All of them are in vocational ministry. And I like to think, and I'm laughing, mm-hmm. I'm smiling about this, because I like to think that Peggy and I had something to do with it. But but the truth of it is, there are a whole lot of other godly adults in our church that cared about Mel yeah. Walker's kids. And if my kids were here, yeah. Christy Todd and Travis Walker, they would all say other godly adults were involved in their life. Yeah. yeah. So Mel, can you kind of share then, Because, you know, I know for me, when I first started out in youth ministry in my 20s, it was intimidating thinking about talking to the older congregation members about becoming more involved. And sometimes when I did talk to them, I was met with resistance. You know, what's the best way or what are some helpful ways to talk to older congregation members 
for those youth pastors out there who might not even know where to start? Yeah, I I think it's always good if you can get if you can get a big a big picture perspective. Like if the lead pastor lets you talk about it, if mm-hmm. if that person will preach on it, will talk about the importance of intergenerational ministry. But a lot of youth pastors, to be real honest with you, that are listening are probably going to be frustrated because they don't have that they don't have that platform. Okay, so what do you do? I'm mm-hmm. serious. Go to the senior citizen Sunday school class or go to where they are and and ask them to pray. In our culture, yeah. and I'm I'm a I'm an I'm an aging baby boomer. I get it. I'm 67 years old. I get it. But that the number of baby boomers is up until the millennials, that was the largest generation in our in, our, in American history. And, yeah. And and aging people feel left out to pasture too. And if yeah. you go to them and say, I'm not asking you to be a youth worker. I'm not asking you to play tackle football. All of us get too old to play tackle football. We don't get too old to minister to kids. Yeah. And, and I think, honestly, I think it's more practical even than I'm saying. Recruit them to pray and recruit them to at least take the initiative. I, I, I wrote a little book on mentoring too. And in my book, I said, the best mentoring takes place in the church foyer where older people just are friendly, just show up and be nice, be an encourager, just pray. And, and it, it, that baseball card story I told, that Sunday, those people were out in the foyer finding the kids because they had the picture of the kid, finding the kid that they prayed for wow. and talking to those kids in the foyer. It was a uncanny. And so it starts with prayer. Honestly, guys, it really does. Yeah. yeah. And, and practically... I hear that you may have some self-limiting beliefs and fears about approaching adults that are a lot older and more experienced than you when you've been hired to be the pastor of students, but you got to, you got to invite that 800 pound gorilla into the room and That's right. you, gotta, you really just have to get comfortable yep. talking to all of the generations of your church and believe in the value of putting as many compelling followers of Jesus that are in the adult generations of your church with your students as you yeah. can. You think, I think of yourself as a community builder, yeah. not just a person with a megaphone. Yeah. I think another one is, is encourage older people to tell their story. Uh, in, in Psalm, in Psalm 78, the ge- that the generation, I have a plaque of that Psalm on my wall. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it right mm-hmm. now. That the yeah. generation to come might know that they might not forget the works of God. To give Amen. the oldest people an opportunity to tell their story. Here's what God did over my life. It is amazing yeah. how stories are are powerful and can encourage kids that might be from that broken, hurting, non-traditional. Yeah. It's amazing how powerful yeah. that is. We actually did that in my youth ministry. Once a month, we invited up an older congregation member to share their story. And that was some of our favorite weeks. The kids, although sometimes they just kind of sat there on the couch, as we talked about kind of and reflected on the things they enjoyed the most, that was one of the things that they really enjoyed was having the different people come up and share about their journeys with God. So Mel, I I think what you shared today is going to be super helpful for youth workers. If people wanted to connect with you, where can they find you? Okay. Uh, be, uh, my website, I mean, my, I have, I have a blog, melwalker.org. 
Mel, but which I which I don't don't blog really regularly, but I have a podcast. But my newest project that I'm working on is a book called Youth Ministry Questions, which is hmm. just a series of, of of questions. And basically, honestly, it's answers to questions from a from a from a guy that's been in youth ministry a long, long time. So yeah. if people yeah. would go to youthministryquestions.com, my okay. my podcast awesome. is there, my blog is there, my books are there, how to get in touch with me is there. And uh, yeah, youth, cool. youth ministry, youthministryquestions.com. And, and again, yeah, I have a podcast, I have a blog and all of that. But that, so that's the newest project and that's available. That's available on that website, youthministryquestions.com. Great. And we'll have that in the show notes for people too. So friends, thanks for joining us this week on the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. As always, just a reminder that our parables cohort is dropping October the 7th is when we're going to kick that off. We're super excited about that. So that is either $100 or name your own price. We're going for six weeks. So, and you get full access to the curriculum, uh, the video teachings, and that'll be yours to take home with you and to do with your students after you walk through the cohort with us, or you could even do it while you're walking through the cohort with us. And so also keep this in your back pocket as we've got a youth workers only trip to the land of Israel planned for August of 2022. If that interests you, shoot us a message at firstcenturyyouthministry at gmail.com. And we would love to get to know you and we would encourage you to enjoy to join our Facebook group, First Century Youth Ministry, as well. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>